You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Natalie Grazian has a congenital limb difference, meaning her right arm did not fully develop before birth. Exercise has always been a passion, and that prompted her to find modifications to help her do the activities she cares about. But when it came to some yoga positions and weight-bearing exercises, her limb difference presented a unique challenge. So the University of Washington graduate student worked with a prosthetic company to design a new type of prosthetic arm that would benefit fellow yoga fans across the world. Let's chat with her. So, Natalie, I know that um, you were born with a limb difference, and and so how? Uh, when did you first discover that uh, that you had a limb difference, uh, and and how did it imp- impact you growing up? Yeah, I mean, I was I was born with it, so um, it's my right hand below my elbow, um, and I truly felt like any other kid probably until I was eight. Um, I think that's kind of a common time to start feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah, feelings of self-consciousness. So you're noticing how you're perceived, um, or maybe you have those first um, really challenging interactions, and they kind of stick with you. Whereas before, they would roll off of you because you know kids kids are so resilient. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that I would say eight is when I kind of thought, oh wow, I am really different, and that feels weird. Um, so my way of dealing with that actually was to not talk about my arm. Um, and I think that that was sort of um, rewarded because everyone, a lot of people around me were uncomfortable with the idea of disability. So it's like, well, if I pretended that it didn't exist and they could pretend that it didn't exist. And because no one was talking about it, that fed into my belief that I really shouldn't talk about this. I should just be... Um, as good as I can be at everything and prove that I can do everything. Like that was the goal um, to not necessarily do things my way when necessary, but to do it in a way that looked the most normative. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, you're just trying to fit in like, you know, any kid, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's a a neater way of saying it. (laughs) I was trying to fit in. (laughs) And, and, you know, so I assume at some point in time you may have uh, changed that philosophy in terms of o- owning it and embracing it as being part of you. Yeah. So uh, it took a longer a longer time than I care to admit. Um, I started wearing what's called a passive prosthesis when I was fourteen years old. At that point, I just I just said, like, can I, can I have one, you know, to my mom? And she was like, yes, you could have one wanting to do anything to make me feel better um, about myself. And that just sort of a passive prosthesis is going to look like a hand. Um, It wasn't super realistic. Like I know that some have like fingernails and wrinkles and veins and no, it just kind of looked like a Barbie hand or a mannequin hand, but it functioned to make me symmetrical. So my missing hand wasn't the first thing that people noticed. Um, and to me, that was everything. Like, I just, I remember for the first time walking into an elevator and no one doing a double take. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I've figured it out. This is, I'm doing the right thing. Um, and that was reinforced and reinforced time and again. So I actually had a, uh, started wearing that arm 
everywhere all the time. Um, every time I left the house, I couldn't leave without it, which isn't necessarily healthy, but um, I didn't know how to like, you know, shape shift from someone who had one hand to someone who had two hands and accept the attention that that would bring me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was while I was missing a hand, while this affected me every day and I was, you know, trying to problem solve, how will I do this and how will I do that? And how will I introduce myself to this person without shaking their hand? And, you know, it affected me a lot, but it was not something that I talked about or something that I outwardly expressed. I think that um, my friends in my community, they, they accepted me for exactly who I was, but I didn't know that they would have accepted me as someone with um, like visibly one hand, um, because yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> to answer your question, when did I actually accept myself? When I was 27 years old. So that's 13 years of wearing that passive prosthesis everywhere all the time. Um, it's very strange to think of now um, because I don't, I threw it away. I don't wear it. I don't, <laughs> I don't think about it. I'm very happy to be free of it. Um, and I, yeah, I, I reached this sort of breaking point. It was during the pandemic. So maybe that had something to do with it. I think everyone was having their moment um, of figuring out who they were. <laughs> um, but I just thought I can't do this forever. Like I, I've been trying to do it forever and I truly can't. Um, and who would I be without it? I wanted to know who would I be without it. So um, at the same time, I was exploring occupational therapy as a career path and getting really comfortable with the idea that um, yes, I am part of the disability community. This is something that I can find strength in. Um, finding the disability community and the limb difference community, <clears throat> excuse me, community on social media, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and then actually, uh, you know, reaching out through these new connections that I was making and finding um, finding this camp called Camp No Limits. That um, have you heard of it? Yes, yeah. it's national. Uh, the camps all around the, around the country. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, weekend camps all around the country um, for kids of limb differences of all kinds, and you know, upper, lower, and bilateral, and what have you. Um, and I got to go as a volunteer. Um, they started off being virtual, and that was a cool introduction. And then I got to go in person and be a volunteer mentor sort of person. Uh, and like selfishly, I got so much out of it. Like, I hope I was able to give something back to those kids, but I was, <laughs> I was learning a lot. I had my eyes open and I was like, wow, these kids have it all figured out. Um, they're not nearly as self-conscious as I was. And maybe, maybe that's because they, they can see people who look like them. Cause I should say, I thought that I was the only one. I was not aware, aware of the term limb difference. Um, you know, every once in a while I would see someone with one hand or, you know, and it always kind of seemed like shameful or secretive. And um, yeah, yeah, I didn't see anyone like me in the media, you know, on TV. And I also, I, I didn't really realize that it was so common to be born without a hand. I thought that the only way to do it was to lose one. So I was just like, there's something way wrong with me. <laughs> so that took a lot of undoing, unlearning. I, I imagine, I imagine yeah. it did. And, and I was going <laughs> to ask you what, since it you know took you um you know till you were 27 as you mentioned uh yeah. to, to fully embrace it i was going to ask you what that moment was and you said it was the pandemic but what yeah. what do you think it was about the pandemic that 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 allowed you to have that aha moment 
Um, let's see. A really solid relationship with my boyfriend at the time and now husband. Um, so we we actually got to uh, we, we moved in together in like what a month before the pandemic started and then and then became like <laughs> really, really roommates, not just people who saw each other in the evening. Um and that and you know, like I, I just sort of slowly figured out that a lot of this was not how other people perceived me. And it was things that I needed to unwind. And even if it was the way that some people perceived me, like that it's a bad thing, um, that's really their problem and not mine. Um, also started therapy during the pandemic, like so, so many. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and how has that been for you in terms of being able to unpack and unwind some of those uh, you know, challenges that you have intern that you had internally. It's been so liberating, like just very freeing. Um, feels like the best thing that I ever did to take off that arm and leave it off. Um, it opened up conversations with friends and family that, you know, were kind of way overdue. And here's this big part of me that we've never really spoken about. Um, and people, and these are people who love me and like want want to know what my interior life is like. And I was finally able to talk about it um, because before I could connect with people about anything, but this one thing, and it was just taking up so much, um, so much brain space. So it felt very freeing. Um, and then also in a professional capacity, it kind of turned my life in a different course. Um, I was doing a tech job that I wasn't really thrilled about. Um, and I actually, okay, I mean, I got to go back a little bit. In the process of shedding this passive arm, I found that there were other prosthetic options out there that I really wanted to try, ones that are much more, um, they're not going to fit in as much, but maybe they have some really cool functions. So as part of the insurance process of getting a myoelectric hand that could open and close, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it's like this this big black myoelectric hand, and it, it does not, does not. Uh, make me fit in, but it's very, very cool. And I love it. Um, I met an occupational therapist. She wrote one of my insurance notes and she had one hand and she was born with one hand. And I think that my prosthetist probably referred me to her for a reason, but that was the most mind blowing thing for me um, to see someone in this incredible healthcare job doing something that I thought that I would not be able to ever do. Um, and that just turned something on in my brain. And I started researching occupational therapy and what it was and kind of fell in love with it and, and started taking prereqs <laughs> online from the community college um, and eventually uh, got into University of Washington about a year later. So that's where I am. I'm a year into my program. Um, yeah, and so you can you can draw a straight line from wanting to to learn more about my my arm and myself that way and, and getting here. So it's it's uh, not only benefiting you, but it, you know, you'll, you'll be able to benefit future you know patients and 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 yeah. a whole generation of other individuals. I sure hope so. And like so, growing up, obviously, you said you 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 know trying to fit in, be you know be a normal obviously be a normal kid like all kids you know want, wanting to do normal kid things activities yeah were you active in like sports or recreational activities you know what yeah um i played tennis when i was in high school because they made us do a sport <laughs> otherwise <laughs> otherwise it was another year of pe um <laughs> so 
yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed it. I really, um, I think I'm not a very competitive person, uh, hence the yoga. Um, but I loved the social aspect. I loved playing, playing doubles and kind of like getting those wins together as a team. Um, so yeah, I really, I did like tennis and I loved, I've always loved moving my body. Um, so throughout my like childhood and, um, up through when I was about, yeah, 14, a freshman in high school, I, uh, danced ballet. Mm. Um, and that, um, I mean, hard, right? Because you're looking at yourself in the mirror the whole time. And if you have any kind of body issue, like me with my, uh, <laughs> very asymmetrical form, um, that's hard. But I also found that if I had anything going on that day and I went and I just danced for an hour, um, that just, it was gone by the time I got out, it wasn't gone, but I could deal with it. I could look at it in a new way. Um, so I became really aware of how, um, just getting that, getting my blood moving, getting that oxygen in my brain, um, stretching my muscles and working my muscles, uh, how that impacted, um, my mental health. And it should also be said, my like <laughs> my balance and coordination, all these things that are extra important for someone with a limb difference, um, because we rely a lot more on our balance and coordination to make it through the world, <laughs> and we don't have an extra hand to grab hold of things. That, that's a very good point, and and so that that movement, whether it's dance, whether it's yoga, that movement mm -hmm. had a lot of benefits, you know, to you yeah. both psychologically, physically, emotionally, mentally, all of the above, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yoga completely scratches that itch that ballet left. Um, and that's, that's how I got into it. I needed something like ballet. So you kind of made that pivot at some point in time from like dance to, to yoga as your primary, uh, you know, activity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to, <laughs> I went to a yoga class, I think, summer after my senior year of college for the first time with a friend from dance, actually. So I think we were both looking for the same thing. Um, and I, <laughs> and I realized, Oh, I like this. I can be good at it. I was using my passive prosthesis and I was like <laughs> trying to balance in a weird way. Um, remember the, the passive prosthesis doesn't have a wrist that moves. So when you're putting weight on it, I was just putting weight on rigid fingers. Mm. Um, so those, <laughs> it wasn't, the perfect solution by any means. And I also didn't feel that great in the class, didn't really want to be in the front necessarily. I remember like a yoga teacher made, you know, like a weird comment, like calling me out, like, you're the teacher for me today. And I was just like, I feel so unnecessary. Um, right. I know. I know. And I'm just, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> just trying thanks. to learn yoga. I'm, I'm really trying to learn yoga over here. I think I'm not the teacher. Um, but, you know, what he was saying was like, you are doing something special and I want to call that out. Um, so anyways, I sort of shied away from classes and found that YouTube was a great <laughs> resource. <laughs> There's so many free resources on YouTube and that's where that's the lane that I stuck in. Um, and yeah, again, like kind of got got better at it, got to a point where I felt confident in my abilities but also didn't really want to take that out into a community yoga class because I just would rather do it alone at that point I was very happy with the fact that I'm saving money and I can do it by myself and that's fine <laughs> um but I also realized like 
this is probably not as good for my posture as I need it to be. If I'm um, using this prosthesis in a weird way, like mm. all the, <laughs> the fingers were kind of, you know, broken on this, <laughs> on this passive hand, not broken off, but broken on the inside. So they, it, 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 I could kind of get close to even shoulders, but not really. Um, and as I was getting older, I'm learning more about overuse syndrome and how difficult it can be to maintain healthy joints and posture and alignment as you get older, as your joints age and one side you're overusing, one side is aging super fast. And the other side maybe is um, like the affected side, the one with the limb difference we like twist ourselves in knots all the time to do the things that we need to do. Like when I type, I have my right shoulder kind of <laughs> pushed forward. Um, not good for extended periods of time. Like of course the muscles in front are going to tighten and shorten and the muscles in the back are going to loosen and lengthen. Um, so I was kind of, anyways, I, I was realizing like, Oh, I need to pay more attention to how I'm doing the yoga not just the fact that I can finish it from the beginning of the video to the end. Um, because I want to keep my joints healthy for as long as I can. Um, and so I wanted to know if there was another solution, another prosthesis that I could use. Like I was getting, I was having a, a good time with that myoelectric and realizing like, oh, there's, there, if, if I open myself up to kind of changing up this arm, switching what goes on it, uh, then, then like really good things can come of it. Um, and I want to talk about the one of the solutions that you that you uh, came up with. Um, and before, but before I wanted to, I wanted to ask. So, when you were taking the yoga classes uh, online, uh, yeah. you know, and, and by yourself, I, I know that some people like the communal aspect of yoga, but some people yeah. also like the um, the solitary opportunity. Totally. So, what which do you do? You, do you have a preference over one or the other? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's totally valid to do it alone if you like that, if you like the solitary aspect. I think that I wanted to be around people, but something was stopping me from doing that and not necessarily physical, but uh, there's still some some like holdover from, from the days when I just didn't want to be seen or perceived as so different. Um, and that's something I still had to work through. And you already mentioned, so, obviously, um, you're one year into the graduate program. What did you get your undergraduate in? Oh, no, English. I know. <laughs> I know. You wouldn't believe the prereqs that I had to take to undo that decision and go into a healthcare field. Exactly. That, 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 that's a great undergraduate degree, but it doesn't really oh, help yeah. you in the OT space. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it'll make me a good note writer. It'll make me a good communicator. It will, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to trying to look at the bright side. <laughs> and and uh, so you're, uh, as you said, uh, one year into your graduate program at the University of of Washington. Um, mm -hmm. What's that? How long is the program, first of all, and how how mm -hmm. are you embracing it so far? I am. Uh, it, it's two years and um, two years and a quarter. And so I'm about, about midway through and I am absolutely loving it. I feel like I'm surrounded by people who think in the same way, who, um, you know, accept that there isn't one right way to do something and are always looking for adaptations and, um, 
who really, you know, value creative problem solving and not necessarily doing something as, you know, as fast as you can, but, um, but doing it in a way that is thoughtful and measured, I guess. Um, I get, I mean, like I, 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 I love the classes. I have loved learning about anatomy. I've loved learning like the psychosocial stuff, you know, I'm learning a lot of psychology because that's also in OT's scope of practice. Um, in fact, just got back from my first field work, which was a mental health field work at a psychiatric hospital, a state psychiatric hospital. So totally fascinating. And all even even if I don't end up working in a place like that, definitely stuff that I can take into any practice. Yeah. And and, yeah. and obviously what as part of this program, how did you discover koala? Yeah. So uh I actually discovered koala the summer before I started. Um, and just with looking around online for some alternate ideas, um, because my uh, the the weight bearing tool that I wanted to get, the activity specific one, wasn't going to be covered by insurance. And I was just wondering what else is out there. Um, I found this really cool company and they were very new and kind of almost seemed like a, a fresh slate and the way that they thought about prosthetics was very different from any other that I'd seen. Um, like for example, you don't have to go to a clinic to get a mold taken and get, you know, a, a custom, a totally custom sleeve, um, of the prosthesis. It is, it, it's kind of like deciding, Oh, like I'm a small, medium or large. It's like a, a tennis shoe kind of, and it's sort of made of that material. Um, and then you tighten it with Velcro to get it to just your right size. And you put a certain amount of foam at the end of it so that it fills the space, the exact amount of space that you need between the end of your limb and the, and the end of the prosthesis. Um, so it's, you know, you, you kind of assemble it a little bit. You become a little, a little bit of a prosthetist yourself, I guess. Not really, but, <laughs> but, um, but the idea is that. It's adapted and, and yeah, and they just, they ship it to you and you can ship it back if you don't like it. And it felt very demedicalized, kind of felt just like a customer buying tennis shoes. <laughs> that, that's a, I love that. It's an awesome way to, yeah. to, to look at that. And, and so um, how did you continue to work with them in terms of just, because uh, I know that you were looking for something specific for yoga, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the tool that, that I bought um, was actually designed for surfing, but they said, I think you can use this for yoga. Like, let's try it. Um, <laughs> so the idea was that, uh, oh gosh, I wish I had it. I don't know. I don't have it around. Um, but the end of the tool is um, kind of almost like a, a picture of peg leg, but it's a peg arm. <laughs> so very small, narrow base of support, um, which is great if you're popping off of a surfboard quickly. Um, but if you're, you know, putting weight on it for an extended period of time, you want something that's kind of probably a wider base of support. Um, also, the foam wasn't really designed to bear weight for, you know, an extended period of time. Um, so, like, I found myself just sort of falling through it. So I was like, okay, here's this really cool, cool company, cool idea, isn't quite working. Um, what my husband and I immediately did was went to the hardware store and got some like wall insulation. And my husband took it to his, <laughs> his wood shop and made it into a cylinder and, you know, created this new foam insert. Um, so that solved that problem because this foam was really dense and I would stay on top of it. I wouldn't sink through it. 
Um, and I kind of, I reached back out to Koala and gave them this cool, you know, like, like you know, said like, I love it. I, it's the coolest thing ever. Um, and here's like what I've done to make it work for me. And here's some other ideas that I have, if you're going to make another iteration. And they were like, that's, that's awesome. Like we would actually love to hear your ideas and we'd love to work with you. Um, so I was like, wow, that's, that's <laughs> kind of a remarkable response. Um, and as it turned out, their founder, uh, Nate Macabuag, was kind of doing a U.S. conference tour, I believe, and he was on the West Coast. Um, and he met up with me as well as another Limb Different user um, who's a, a friend of mine through Camp No Limits. And he spoke to us and um, and got got this feedback. So I actually, I spent like the day with Nate and we headed off and he has the way that the way that he thinks of these are tools that are just truly solving a problem and he wants them to be totally user centric. They want them, you know, this, a lot of prostheses are designed by engineers who are maybe trying to make something look exactly like a hand or, um, you know, see, <laughs> see, see how intricately the fingers can move at the expense of the comfort or the weight of it. But to have something really start with the user and to have the user mm -hmm. bring the ideas and have the user test the ideas, um, that seemed really unique. There was there was no ego in it. It was it wasn't like how cool can I make the device? It was like how can I make it work for you? Yeah, I love the user centric you know focus uh, and uh, and just about solving problems. I mean that's yeah. that's what all that's what adapt adaptation is all about is about solving a problem. Exactly. Exactly. Solving a need or solving a problem or both, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, where is that now? Where is that kind of um, iteration of the of the product? That iteration is um, it's right here. So, uh, for <laughs> listeners who can't see it, it kind of is an oval shape at the bottom of the prosthesis, the sleeve of the prosthesis, um, and it kind of approximates the sort of the size of your palm. Um, yeah, so an oval shape, it kind of looks like a hoof. So there's more surface area at the front of it. So you can really rock forward. Um, the back of it is curved. So you can rock back, like picture downward dog. Um, yeah, you can, you can keep your shoulders in alignment and just go through the movements of yoga really naturally. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and this was a really cool process over the course of a couple months um, of, you know, doing calls with their design team. And like, you know, I would I would bring my ideas and they would um, come back with here's here's these different, you know, iterations. Like, what do you think? Um, it was a very, very cool. And also like other limb different users from in the in the U.S., like um, like that friend that I mentioned, Victoria um, from Camp No Limits. Um, and then in the UK and Scotland, there was, it, all of us have slightly different limb differences. All of us were providing feedback. So it came, they were able to come up with a product that really seemed like it, um, like it could solve as many problems for as many people as possible. So it's like, in, is it, is it in testing mode now? I mean, obviously getting feedback oh, no. from you and others. It's launched. It's out there it's, in the world. It's launched. Yeah, okay. You can, you can buy it. So people around the world can buy it. And that's, that's what. Is kind of blowing my mind that I contributed to something that people all over, people with limb differences all over, this like beautiful community that I'm finally aware of, um, they can they can all use it if they want to, if they think that yoga would be fun for them. Um, and it's like, you know, it's tough to try something before you even have the right tools for it. Um, so, I mean, I just, I think it's the coolest, um, 
like bridge over a potential barrier because maybe this is exactly and you know what it's not just for yoga like if yoga isn't your thing it's you know you can do push-ups with it you can do burpees you can do um mountain climbers uh you know any body weight any body weight thing so if that's your thing Mm-hmm. I was going to ask that question, whether yeah. how many other purposes or, or uses uh, was it, you know, does it have? So, and what's it, yeah. what's, it what's it called? Oh, you know, it's called uh, the Nicole Pro. So uh, my, my name is Natalie. Um, one of the, one of the folks who uh, uh, helped design it is named Nicole. She's on the, the marketing team at Koala. Um, and she the the original nicole tool that was for surfing um is called the nicole and so this is an iteration on that the nicole pro yeah, <laughs> yeah. and how has... i know like, i think it can be confusing with the two end names but... that's right that's right <laughs> yeah like, wait a minute your name your name's not nicole <laughs> yeah yeah i know i got gotcha. you <laughs> And so how has it allowed you to, as I know you mentioned Downward Dog, how has mm-hmm. it uh, uh, been able to enhance your yoga uh, experience? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember the first time that I used it, my whole body kind of clicked into alignment. And I was like, oh, that's that's what it feels like to just have even shoulders and to put equal weight on both sides. Um, so all all of the positions that I was doing before are so much stronger. Um, and then I am able to just move through them with a lot more grace and confidence because I know that my right side can bear my full weight. Um, so, I mean, I can do, uh, side planks and then it's like, okay, once I can do a side plank, I can lift up my, the leg that's on top and I can, you know, I can put my full weight on it for any amount of time. Um, the more that I practice with it and the stronger that I get. Um, so it's made yoga a lot more fun, like kind of more like play just because I can, you know, flip around and not think so much about like, oh, don't don't put weight on the right side. Um, yeah, I, I've been absolutely loving it. And I actually <laughs> because I was loving it so much and I was using it at home um, with so much confidence. I was like, OK, I really want to take this out now. I want to I want to try it elsewhere. Um, and so I joined a hot yoga class because um, I couldn't just go to a regular yoga class first. <laughs> um so hot yoga is like regular yoga but pumped up to 100 degrees in this room <laughs> um and i like the community aspect of it is so important because for me i did want to be social and so i've convinced multiple friends at this point I've, I've really just recruited people um try this yoga class with me everyone seems to like it everyone wants to stay so we'll go we'll do yoga <laughs> we'll go and get a drink afterwards it's our tuesday night it's great <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Get some exercise in yeah. and some social time as well. <laughs> Precisely. And, and so, are are you um, encouraged or inspired to do more product development now that now that you've oh had, yeah had some experience <laughs> with uh, been able to to contribute some ideas and and uh, make a difference? I have the taste for it. I I think um, it it was incredible to see my ideas turn into something tangible. Um, and you know, part of that is having an amazing design team on the other side, really receptive design team. Um, but the payoff is just incredible. Like I can't, I can't tell you how pleased I am with the final product and how, how it went from like an idea to reality. Um, I've never been involved in something like that before. And I definitely am interested in prosthetics in general. Like I'm interested in the prosthetic space as an occupational therapist. I think there's so much that OTs can do. As a future OT, by the way, <laughs> um, there's so much that OTs can do with 
the limb difference and limb loss population, um, people who are wanting to try prosthetics and need training or to figure out the right tool for them. Um, but then also folks who are not using prosthetics and are trying to find compensation strategies and, um, you know, ways to ways to not overuse your sound side and uh, protect, you know, protect your body. And um, oh, my gosh. And especially the, the, the psychosocial aspects, I think, um, because that's that's all part of occupational therapy, looking at the whole person. Anyways, what I'm saying is that I'd love to work with these people and I want to work with prosthetists to find ways to really make their products work for their patients. Um, so it's pretty common for patients to like called abandoning the prosthesis. <laughs> and I think that's not really fair. Like it's, it's not a child that you're abandoning. It's a tool that's right. not really working for you. So that's not their fault necessarily. Right. Right. And so in a year, year and a half, um, where do you see, uh, uh, Natalie being after the wow. AT program. Oh my gosh. If I could work for a prosthetics company that wants to make their practice more holistic um, and support patients after they get their device, that would be incredible. Um, I can also see myself working in hand therapy because a lot of helping overuse syndrome is going to be really understanding the intricacies of the hand and mm -hmm. arm and shoulder. And uh, I can also, I mean, after that psychiatric hospital rotation um, or field work, I, I really had a good time with it. I can see myself in mental health and all of this stuff would help contribute to a future practice that's more specifically for limb different people. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and Natalie, the last question I have for you is just if you could look back and knowing what you know now, what advice would you give the eight-year-old Natalie? Oh, wow. Um, oh my gosh, you are so much cooler than you think. Um, <laughs> the fact that you make it through a world that's designed for two-handed people with one hand means that you're doing extra work and you're making it look easy. So good on you. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, can you share any, like if people are just interested in the product that you helped develop, can you share a website or any other um, resources? Definitely. So you can go to yourkoala.com. Koala is spelled with two A's at the end. So yourkoala.com. Um, and yeah, they, they have a great website with lots of resources. Um, you know, if you happen to get a prosthet uh, prosthesis through them, then you'll get a limb buddy that can further connect you to resources. A limb buddy is someone with a limb deference who reaches out and helps you through the, the process of getting used to it. Wonderful. Thanks, Natalie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for the time and for listening to what I have to say. This is really fun.